Man, you're interrupting my game. Ride out. On who, bro? Bro, I can't hear you say that again. Ride out on who? I'm coming. Give me two minutes. Two minutes. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. And guys, that's why the manager of Ikhwan Muslimin is a very dead. No, no. Yo, we doing, bro? Yo, we doing, my bro? Relax, man. What we doing, bro? You said it's a ride-up. Yeah, bro, but in the car, man. The show. Huh? Ride out in the car, man. Just the clothes, bro. Often candy crosses Brothers and sisters, that right there is a 2020 CLA 45S. That's right, the brand new CLA. There's a few things I want to show you. Wait, right there, I'll be right back. So, underneath this hood, we have the most powerful two litre engine in any production car AMG. Now, this car was put together by a particular individual. It's not like normal cars where the factory uh, just machinery puts it together. This car, if you look here, was put together by a man named Fabio Wanning. Bespoke, what can you say? 421 brake horsepower. If you remember the Golf we had in the last episode that had 300, this has got 121 more horsepower, yet the same size engine. There are cars out there that have got three litre engines and make less power than this does. Honestly, this engine is an absolute masterpiece. With that said, let's get into the car, talk a bit about the episode. Step inside and you are greeted by what I honestly believe is one of the best, if not the best infotainment system on any car out there, the new MBUX. Two massive screens, high definition, the amount of different visuals that you can have on the screen are unbelievable honestly i haven't had this much fun in a car for a very very long time it looks so good all the extras this car's got the extra you know panoramic sunroof the sports seats the upgraded sound system i think i've fallen in love i know i'm married my wife i'm you know i'm sorry but this might be my second wife and on that bombshell let's get into the episode People are gonna say, oh, judge. No, we do judge. Please don't say that. In Islam, we judge. So you do judge? Of course we judge. But I thought well, we judge don't was judge. Only for Allah. No. Doesn't the Quran say it's haram to judge? Where does it say that? Twitter. What happened? What happened? What? Oh, the. I do what I want to do. I run my life. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brothers and sisters. 
Welcome back to another episode of Ride Out. In today's episode, we are in the CLA 45S Formatic Plus. You know, do you remember I was always a Mercedes fanboy from like back in the days? But then, because I stopped driving one and then time and I started driving other cars and realized, you know what, hmm, BMW's got a bit of a favor as well. Hmm, Audi, wow, a long belly. But now, for the first time in a very long time, I'm in a Mercedes. I'm not gonna Hello, lie, my heart. Oh, that, that was. What can I do for you? It's like Siri. If you say "Hey Mercedes," it asks you what you what would you want. Please go away. You're interrupting us. Can you say that again, please? No, just go away. <laughs> go away, Mercedes. I just pressed the button. There you go. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, along but this car lives up to everything. But more about that throughout the episode. If you if you guys want to hear about the car, you have to watch through the whole thing because we're gonna put little you know teasers little clips little segments about the car throughout the podcast so what i want to talk to, uh, to you about today imran is obviously we've heard that there's a second wave of coronavirus starting to uh, come on the horizon uh, and potentially another lockdown and you know people are stressing the importance um of social distancing mm. you know maintaining your distance and staying away um and we were just discussing how that ties into the dean Mm. From the angle of what was the angle again? Um, boycotting, isn't it? Social distancing is a type of boycott. I mean, like to when you leave something, it's harmful for you. Mm. It's a type of hijar. That hijra. Hijra, yeah. And then boycotting in the Sharia is of three types. Hajar is of three types. Hijra is of three types. It's boycotting from lands. For example, this land is evil. I will leave it and I will do hijra to a Muslim land. Yeah. Uh, and we've got a we've got a uh, Chababai or Hijra coming out soon, inshallah. Then there's Hijra, which is from people. As in, this person's bad for me. This person's evil for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this it could be a person who's doing kufr or shirk. So you do Hijra for them. You don't go protest with them like Umar Suleiman did. If they're a person of bid'ah, you don't. You do Hijra from them. If they're a person of sin, you do Hijra from them because they will infect you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and it's shocking because nowadays people focus so much on social distancing from people who will harm your body But they don't want to social distance from people that will destroy your heart Coronavirus if it kills you will take your dunya away But kufr and shirk and bid'ah can take your hereafter away So then sorry then the third type of social distancing is social distancing from sins Does that make sense? As in sorry the third type of hijra is hijra from sins So I think the reason we wanted to discuss this today is because in our Sharia, we understand in the Quran and Sunnah, it's quite crystal clear that calamities that befall upon a people uh, is due to their sins. And I've done an extensive, extensive um, uh, discussion on this in a lecture that I done on the issue of coronavirus at the beginning of the of the pandemic, which we can link people to below. Yeah. Jimmy, don't forget. So you know uh, we can link them to that below. Um, but we wanted to kind of tackle it from the angle of Okay, you can watch that to see the danger of sins But we want to talk about it from the angle of Because remember, when you look at sins, you've got to look at them from two perspectives The perspective of the sinner, he must stop And you've got to look at it from the perspective of the one who's witnessing the sin He must stop that person From, from doing it From doing it, does that make sense? So the same way, I have to social distance But if I'm, oh, same car No Oh Okay, the same way I have to social distance from you so that I don't get sick, I have to enforce social distancing if I see people what? Mixing, breaking. Mixing. It, yeah. Does that make sense? So the same way I'm not allowed to sin 
because this sin is causing problems in my life and within the community. Yeah. I have to also then enforce the social distancing between the person and the sin. But why can't we just talk about the good rather than you know having to go out there and refute people? You know, do you know uh, like n like negate what they're doing and told them that this is wrong? Why can't I just focus on the good bits? Like Alon Badik, you know, you might not be social distancing, but at least, you know, you're walking to the masjid together. Like, focus on the good and instead of calling out the evil that they're doing. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah amma ba'd. Hudayfit ibn Iman radiallahu ta'ala who was the companion of the Prophet alayhi salam. He said, Kana nas yas'aluna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi salam anil khair wa kuntu as'aluhu anil sharb mukhafata an yudarikani. He said that the people would come and ask the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the good. But I would ask him about the evil out of fear that it may reach me. Based on this, there's a very famous poetry that the poet put made. He said, I learned the evil not because I want to do it. He said, I learned Moriba is not because I want to do it. I learned with Zina is not because I want to do it. I learned with Meru is not because I want to do it. I learned with Shirk and Kufr and Bid'ah is not because I want to do them. But I learned it so I can shield myself from it. Because the one who doesn't learn the difference between good and evil, he's going to fall into the evil. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, Let there be from amongst you an ummah, a nation. They give da'wah towards good. Okay, so what is this? Just the da'wah towards good, is it just uh, telling people to do good and not do bad? Ya'muruna bil ma'aruf. They command the good. المنكر, and they forbid the evil. Does that make sense? Not only that, the Prophet's ummah has a unique, distinct characteristic. Which is? As in Allah said, This ummah is what? The best nation. Why? Allah said, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said You are the best of nations brought out for mankind <coughs> Why? You command the good and you forbid the evil and you believe in Allah So then Umar ibn Khattab anhu said The khayriya of this ummah The greatness of this ummah The good of this ummah is connected to the fact that it enjoins good and forbids evil. We do both. Does that make sense? Well, what if, like, if someone themselves just doesn't feel comfortable or, or for whatever reason doesn't want to, what's the worst that can happen if we don't? This car is very, very quick. Yeah. But one thing, one thing, because of the fact that it's only a two-liter engine, it's got a fat turbo, which is one of the main reasons why it has so much horsepower, is that there is quite a bad lag from when you put your foot down to when the power actually starts. So for example, watch this. I'll put my foot down in three, two, one. Now it gets going. But that's the issue with having you know, a car that relies on turbo power to get it going. And with that said, let's get on to the next point. The worst that can happen evil. is that you will be a loser. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, when he said in the other ayah that I mentioned, وَلْتَكُمْ مِنْكُمْ أُمَّةٌ يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ that let there be from amongst you an, an, uh, an ummah that calls to good, forbids evil. Then Allah said, They are the ones who are successful. 
So giving da'wah, enjoining good, forbidding evil, seeing a sister walking around, uh, uh, you know, with a, 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 a man that's inappropriate for her. It doesn't mean you have to come out on a mad thing. You know, like sometimes I would see haram relationship statements, I would just stop the couple in the street and I would say, uh, MashaAllah, Allah like you guys married? I don't want to make them feel bad. Are you married? MashaAllah, No, no. Like, isn't that awkward? Like, just to go to a couple, just ask them, MashaAllah, are you married? That's what I'm saying. What's more awkward? Is that you allow that Allah is disobeyed on earth? Or that you stop so. <coughs> or that you. That you that, 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 it's more awkward that you. Like, it shows where your iman is. Like, something like. For so, let me show you. It's about how you. Just give salam to them. I'm going to mention different things. It's enough to make someone feel like I'm going mention different things. So, for example, for you to go, oh, mashallah, I'm you guys married. If they say yes, I say it's amazing to see couples married at a young age just wanting to say, Allah, Mubarak, you know, congratulations. If they say no, oh, subhanAllah, um, you know, and then you just advise. And what I would do is, I would just give a nice advice. Be like, Wallahi, look, I don't think I'm better than you. And, you know, you're my brothers and my sister, your brother and my sister. Wallahi, I love you for the sake of Allah. And let me tell you something. Oh, bro, like, can I, can I say something? Yeah. Like, if I'm with my wife, for example, and I'm yeah. walking on the road, and a guy comes up to me and says, Salaam are you guys married? Yeah, but Allah, I'm better. I'll be like, bro, get out of it. No, but look at it. But they look, Asiyakum al-Maqayyidat. Like Allah, I'm better. You're a person who is outwardly practicing. Your family is outwardly practicing. So you'll only do it to someone if, if they didn't look practicing. Of course, because there are there are there are there are qara'in. There are there are things that give a context. You know what I'm saying? If I see an 18, 19 year old couple that you know is just walking around and you know they don't they don't have a people are gonna say oh judge. No, we do judge. Please don't say that. In Islam, we judge. So you do judge? Of course, we judge. But I thought well, we don't judge. For Allah. No. What 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 the judgment that we're not allowed to do is the judgment of where the person's gonna be in the next life. Doesn't the Quran say it's haram to judge? Where does it say that? Twitter. Stop for Quran. I'm saying I am not allowed to say you're in hell. Abadan. I can't say that. You're gonna end up in hell. I can't say I can't say, oh I I I fear that you know you should be scared that you may end up in hell if you carry on with it. You can't say you're gonna be in hell. That judgment is for Allah, right? But as for the judgment of Akhi, I see you're doing something wrong, subhanAllah, can you please correct your affairs? Umar ibn Khattab said that we judge by the apparent. Umar did that one said that. Umar said it. Uh, Umar. What did he mean by that? Huh? He said that Allah subhanahu when the when the Quran was being revealed, Allah would tell us what was in the hearts of the people. But now that the Prophet is dead and the Quran is not telling us what's inside particular people's hearts, they say we'll judge you by the apparent. Now that's not bad. Why do you get offended when someone advises you? If you had a scorpion on your back and someone didn't tell you, hey, you got a scorpion on your back, you'd say, Akhi, you shaitan. Why didn't you advise me I had a scorpion on my back? <coughs> do you know what my point is? Yeah. You, you, why didn't you tell me I have a scorpion on my back? You know what I'm saying? Whether I shouted it or screamed it or whispered it, you wouldn't mind. Oh, thank you. You told me there's a scorpion on my back. If I say, yo, bro, you got a scorpion on your back, you say, thank you so much. Yeah. But you know me, Akhi. What are you doing? You know, he gets offended, why are you judging me? She gets offended, why are you judging me? And of course, I'm not saying go out there and say it in a tough, harsh, coarse way or whatever have yeah. you. But I'm saying, Wallahi, when you look at the mirror in the morning, why do you look at the mirror in the morning? So I can tell you what's wrong with you. Why do you look at the mirror in the morning? There is no reason for you to look at the mirror in the morning except to tell you what's wrong before you step outside. So you, so you can fix it. So you can fix it. Yeah. So why is it that you do not get angry at the mirror when it tells you today you woke up looking like a madman or a mad woman, yeah. but then when your Muslim brother, Muslim sister who loves you so much, 
for no other reason except for Allah's sake, says, my brother, my sister, could you correct this here? They get angry. Do you think people have an issue with doing uh, in card of the Munkah, like in within of itself, or is it they have an issue with the way people do it? Um, I think it's, I, th- I think I think we live in a very. And by sorry, by in card of Munkah, what, what I meant there was forbidding the evil. Forbidding the evil. So look, you have to understand the fabric of the society in which we live in. We live in a secular state, or in a secular in uh, country, and secularism is founded upon something called liberalism. Liberalism is founded upon something called individualism. Basically, liberalism is the notion that I could do whatever it is that I want. Within the law. Within the law. Well, within certain parameters that they set, which they keep making more lenient as the generations go on. Yeah. So I can do whatever I want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but liberalism can't exist without individualism. And individualism is that the individual is basically God. They don't say it like that, but that's what it is that. I do what I want to do. I run my life. And Allah said in the Quran, Have you not seen the one who took his own desires as a God? As a God. So it's from self-worship. I, the individual, to do whatever it is that I want. So then when you, so we we you might not even have learned. You might if I ask you, if I stop you in the middle of the road and I say, yo, what's individualism, bro? You might not even be able to tell me. But you don't realize you've been indoctrinated into it because that is the fabric of of the society in which we live in. And that's why when I come to you and I say to you, bro, Akhi, what's up? You say, but mind your own business, bro. I'm my individual, you're your own individual. You pattern you and I pattern me. Don't worry about me. But that's not Islam. The Prophet said, this religion is advice. I said three times, this religion is advice. I, this religion is about me talking to you. No, no, my bro, let me, it's, no, you're, not, you're not an individual on your own. You know why? Because Islam recognizes you have an effect on me. Your sins have an effect on me and your actions have an effect on me. Since I, I said, go to that coronavirus lecture that I mentioned, show you how one person's sin can affect the whole community. Mm. But even your actions, for example, in the Kitab Al-Qawa'id by Al-Izz ibn Abdul Salam, he mentions in there that it is my right as a member of the community that you raise your child properly why because your child is going to then grow up and be a thief and steal from me your child is going to grow up one day and stab my son mm. do you want to see this today mm. parents had kids up and left right yeah. that kid grew up and stabbed someone living on a block mm. I blame the father and of course blame the child but you have to blame the mum and dad as well as in, of course, of course, but the, the, the point is, sorry, let me rephrase, there is accountability on the mum and dad, mm. if they tried their best, remember Nuh tried his best, his son was a kafir, yeah. Allah knows, if you try your best, no problem, but we see and we see examples, whenever these situations occur, you can tell there's something wrong with mum and dad at home, there's a, there's a bad upbringing at home, am I lying? A lot of the time. A lot of the time. A lot of the time. It's a bad upbringing at home. Not all, but a lot of the time. Does that make sense? So then look, look, then is it not my right to come and advise you as a father and say, Akhi, why do you have TV in your house where your children are watching shows about murder and listening to songs about murder? Your kid's going to kill our kids one day. 
اخي why is it that you know in your you know uh, your you do this and you do that and like because it affects society the point i'm trying to make is i can like we don't live in a vacuum does that make sense? Mm. So individualism is batil and 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 that's why I believe that I I I I I have uh, it's just a reflection of mine. I don't want to say I believe or anything because I'm no one, but it's just a reflection that I had. And it'd be good to present to the scholars and see what their perspective is. But that's why people, it seems, wallahu a'lam, they have this issue when you advise them. Okay, and I feel like this is why people don't want to also advise because they say, Akhi, leave him. He's not harming anyone, he's gay, bro. But you don't understand, Izaki. One day, your son's gonna learn from him and become gay too. Does that make sense? Oh, Aki, come on, man, she just. Uh... Isn't that how the previous scriptures were corrupted? Isn't that how the previous religions <coughs> completely changed? As in they used to do tarif, they used to change. But and, coming and, to the issue of previous no scriptures, you no one forbid evil. So that's that's the point I want to come to. Because look at this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to show you the danger of not forbidding evil. Allah said, لُعِينَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ عَلَى لِسَانِ دَاوُودَ وَعِيسَ بَنِي مَرْيَمْ ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْ وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that there was a curse on the kuffar from the children of Israel. From Banu Israel. From the children of Israel. There was a curse on the disbelievers from them on the tongue of their prophets, Dawood and Isa, David and Jesus, they cursed them. Why? Why? They used to not prevent one another from doing the evil that they did. They didn't used to prevent one another from the evil. Allah cursed them because of that. The prophets cursed them. They stood by and let filth happen, let shirk happen, let bid'ah happen, let sins happen, let zina happen, let lying, cheating, slandering, stealing happen. They didn't do anything. Oh. But the fact they didn't do anything, Allah referred to it as an action. Allah said, Bit samakanu yafalun. Evil is what they did. Why? So, so if evil is happening around you and you say, Well, I didn't do it. Yeah. But bro, you didn't you stop did, it. You did, so you did something. So in, you not doing it is an that's, action. That's why in the Sharia, the emission of an action, withholding of an action, is in it within itself an action. And that's why from the scholars, they took some rulings. For example, if you had the ability to save someone's life, yeah. and they died in front of you, yeah. and you chose, for example, you see someone drowning in the river, yeah. and you just, what? You let him die. You killed him. Mm. You killed him. And there could be consequences. There could be blood money for you to pay now. Mm. Does that make sense? It wouldn't be the yeah. same as Qatl. Murder, but you killed him. You had a hand to play. Why? Like I saw someone drowning in front of me. All I had to do is what? Try and help him. Of course, with the ability. If I don't have the ability, that's a different story. But I've yeah. had the ability to help him. Yeah, yeah. And I tried to put. And I, and I just sit there and say, No, bro, you shouldn't have gone in, mate. That's your beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What? What's that now? That's your like complaint. Now, if I have seen people doing shirk in front of me, and I stand by, and I stand by and don't stop them, he, his, he, this guy. What did I do? I let him die, his body. This person, I let his heart die. That's why, wallahi, I do not understand Umar Suleiman. You know, I'm sorry I'm bringing this up again. But you know what he did in that yeah. video that surfaced, yeah? yeah? Of him seeing Muslims that followed him into a demonstration with Christians getting crosses put on their forehead. They came there because he was their leader. Yeah, or he was their representative. And he stood by as they had crosses put on their forehead and he didn't tell them to stop. But he said it was just a lapse. It's not a lapse, like he shirk billahi azza wa Allah said that the earth, the mountains and the sky want to destroy themselves because they say Allah has got a son. Yeah.
Do you understand? Yeah. It's not a lapse. It's shirk. It's kufr billahi azza wa jal. And he stood by and allowed it to happen. Wallah, he has a hand in that. He can't say, oh, it was objection or I didn't get involved. May Allah forgive them. Bro, you had a hand to play. You chose to let them do it. If you tried to say, yo, now same way a man who's got a father, he's a father, his daughter goes out the house dressed however. He says, it's not me. Yes, it's you. You let her. You gave her the sanction to do it. Okay, you tell her, daughter, what are you doing? You try your best within what? The situation that you're in to try and advise her. She's not listening. Your son's not listening. No problem. You're clear with Allah. Because at least you, you tried. tried and you did it. Because it, upon you is not to place it in the person's heart. Upon you is to guide them to the path. Mm. You didn't even guide them to the path. You didn't even speak. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's why the Prophet said, Man ra'a minkum munkaran. Anyone from amongst you who sees an evil, فَلْيُغَيِّرْهُ بِيَدِهِ Change it with your hand. Mm. Change it with your? Yeah, it's with your hand. With your hand. Physically change it. Physically. That's yeah. for the father. Yeah. يَسْتَطِعْ if he doesn't have the ability to change it with his hand, he's not a father, he's not a government official, he doesn't have authority over these people. Then what? With his tongue. This is what Umar Sulaiman could have done. This is what he could have done. He could say, yo sister, what are you doing? You're getting a crossbow on your forehead. How do we know he didn't? Actually, the video is clear and he never, he never, he never, when he made, when he put his thing up on Facebook, he never mentioned. He just, he mentioned, he just stood by. And in the video, you can see him standing by. Akhi Wallah, you're not even allowed to stand by when it happens. If they don't listen to you, you have to leave. Allah said, do not sit with them. Do not sit with them. You're not like when Allah said, if you hear the verses of Allah being disbelieved in and then being mocked, Allah said, don't, don't be there. You're not allowed to be in that place. You have to leave. He stood there, Akhi. He stood there. Let it happen in front of him. So, you see a sister walking around in a property. Listen, sisters. Sisters. It's, it's, I'm not telling brothers to go and stop sisters on the road. No, that's fitna. Yeah. Sisters, you should advise sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers, advise brothers. I'm not saying brothers, you'll go with there and start advising a sister in a mini skirt. Because yeah. you're going to leave there in her skirt, Ribway. Don't do that. I can be real. Don't do that. No, I'm saying sisters go advise sisters. Brothers go advise brothers. Yeah. Within your family, advise your family members. Because it affects everyone. Does that make sense? Mm. You see someone who is shirk first, bidah next. After that, sins. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and then look what the Prophet said. If you can't even do it with your tongue. Then in your heart. The Prophet said that is the lowest part of Iman. What's the lowest part of Iman? To hate it in your heart. Brother, this shows you that this is an issue of Iman. If you can forbid the evil, this is high Iman. If you don't forbid the evil, this is low Iman. The lowest form of Iman is to hate it in your heart. But what if he says I couldn't forbid it in my so hand one second, one second, my tongue? One so second, one second. I just hate it in my heart. So at least, at least, if he can't forbid with his hand, he can't forbid with his tongue, then at least he hates it in his heart. And this is the point that I was going to make. Akhi, you have to ask yourself a very important question. Now, when you see, my brothers and sisters, you are listening. When you see people doing shirk, and when people see people doing bid'ah, and when you see people doing sins, and you don't even find a hatred and a repulsion for it in your heart You should be very scared, you know why? Because the Prophet didn't mention any stage of Iman below that As in what Iman do you have? Don't if, you, the lowest if, if you don't, yeah, because the, the lowest form of Iman was to hate it 
But if you don't even find the hatred towards this evil, then what? Then that's very scary because, wait, what, what, how, what is my Iman? How low is my Iman? How low is my Iman that I don't even hate the evil? Why? Because the Prophet said, Oh, the highest branch of Iman is to love for the sake of Allah and to hate for the sake of Allah. Um, back. So, what about like people or groups, um, or you know, there might be particular groups out there that they make their whole religion refuting, where all they want to do is refute. So, is it bad to always ref like to just refute, refute, refute? And also, what about you know the points that are being refuted or the way people are refuting other people? If that makes sense. So, how does it sound? Let's find out. Okay, okay, that's the exhaust on the lower setting. Put the exhaust on sport. Burned alive. Now, there is one more feature this Mercedes does have. So, say for example, it's a you know 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning and you're waking up for Fajr and you notice that your neighbor his lights are off and he hasn't woken up yet. And you, you know, a good Samaritan, you want to wake him up for Fajr. Let's do the uh, emotion start. So if you hold in the shift paddle while you're starting it, it starts like this. That was dead. What is it with these cars like? You know what it is? It's all the new EU regulations. You know, the more filters, more sound reduction, fuel you know, efficiency, they destroyed cars. But as far as stock cars go, this is definitely better than uh, some of the cars we've had out there, but it's not great. This group that you're talking about, Akhi, their problem is not that they refute. That's not the issue. We have to be so just. refuting non-stop is okay. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. The Quran is called what? Al-Furqan. Yeah. The thing that separates truth from falsehood. Yeah. Umar was called what? Al-Faruq. Because he would separate truth from falsehood. Yeah. Right? The Prophet was called, they said what? Muhammad, Farqun Bain al Nas. Muhammad separated the people because he separated them upon the truth. So, refutation is to separate the truth from falsehood. This is right, this is wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah. Their problem is that they don't refute properly. Not every time, by the way. Sometimes their refutations, Sarahatan, are very good. Yeah. Sometimes their refutations are amazing. Yeah. Bro, just because they're, they're not on the same page as you. Don't mean that everything that they do is wrong. Yeah, you can't negate everything. You can't negate everything. Does that make sense? Yeah. You have. This is where justice comes in. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be real now. For example, there might be a group that you that that, that, that you don't that their aqidah is mashed up. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you tell them, bro, your aqidah is. What happened? What happened? What? Oh, the oh. trees, isn't it? No, no, no. Is it delayed? Oh, okay. So it's my left, my left hand. So I was thinking, why is my hand not coming into the screen? It's flipped, isn't it? Yeah. So, so, uh, so this particular group you're talking about, the fact that they refute is good, and there are there is there is refutations that they've done that have been amazing. Yeah. But overall, they have a problem, which is that they refute, and they don't refute justly. Correct. Well, not just justly. Ibn Taymiyyah said the the refutations have to have three things. Number one, ilm. A lot of their refutations don't have ilm. Number two, rahmah, mercy. Number three, justice. That doesn't mean that every single one of them is missing knowledge, justice and mercy But overall that's what they're known for I understand knowledge and justice But what's the need or what's the importance of having mercy? Like, 
why is that? In, what, what in, in your refutations? Yeah. Okay, subhanAllah. The asal of when you correct someone is that you're soft with them. That you're merciful with them. Right? Well, but, but, like, what's the wisdom behind having that there? The Prophet was told in the Quran by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that had you been harsh with them, they they they, they would have left you. I it's the companions. To leave that door open for them to, to come turn back. back. Come Not back. just that, uh, Musa was told to go to Fir'aun and to say to him a statement which is going to be lay and soft. Hmm. So whenever you advise someone, always remember, you are not better than Musa and that person is not worse than Fir'aun. Hmm. But that doesn't mean, brother, that sometimes you don't be harsh. Sometimes harshness is mercy. The same way Blutamia said, if I have a stain on my thobe, I'm going to be tough to scratch my thobe. Because I'm trying to what? Clean it. Clean it. That roughness that I have, that I'm trying to scrub my thobe hard. It's Does not it because I hate, hate my thobe. Yeah. I love my thobe. So it's time and place. Mm. The asal is that it's mercy, but then sometimes tough. Because it gets to someone. Sometimes the toughness make, wakes you up. Yo, 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 he's being serious, you know? Yeah, but it's about knowing the time and the place. Mm. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. That makes sense. <coughs> so overall, the point is, wallahi, you know, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to say is, wallahi, it's a duty. Sheikh Ibn Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, said it's obligatory, fardu ayn, on ev- obligatory on every single individual. To enjoy good and forbid evil yeah. within their capacity. Yeah. Some people can come out and do it on a larger scale. Mm. Some people do it on a what? On a lesser scale. Yeah. But you must do it. And when you want to talk about social distancing, what's greater than social distancing from what your family members is social distancing from sins. Now you you and not just the sins, but the people who sin. You're scared to hang around with a person who's got an infection that will infect your body. But you're so confident to hang around a person who can affect your heart, infect your, infect your religion. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be very, very careful. And one thing I would like to mention before we conclude, unless you have something else to say, is that, you know, that was something beautiful. And Ibn Qayyim, Miftah Dar Sa'ada, and Alam al Muqtain, and also uh, I think his Madarij Salikin, he said, You will never be a, a true follower of the Prophet until you give da'wah. But then he said one other thing give da'wah upon insight, i.e., knowledge. Now, some of you might be inspired and say, You know, I'm going to go out there and join the good, I'm going to forbid the evil, I'm going to advise people. Sometimes you can do more harm than you can good. do more harm. For example, there's people on social media that just like put up all these you know things they, they try to like motivational things they call it or whatever have you. But bro, they, the people have no knowledge, and they end up creating more harm than good. In fact, the person who does da'wah without knowledge, he will corrupt more than he rectifies. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because he's coming with ignorance. That was to do with people's honors, people's deans, people's religion. You're speaking without ignorance. I mean, Allah, you're going to destroy, you're going to destroy people's life and afterlife. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the evidence for this is the Prophet said, <coughs> Allah said in the Quran, قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِ أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرَةِ الْأَنَا وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَ Say this is my path, I give da'wah to Allah to Tawheed, to La ilaha illallah. I and those who follow me. 
and I do what? I do it upon knowledge, deep knowledge, deep insight. Does that make sense? So you have to have knowledge. It doesn't mean you have to be a scholar, but you have to know the thing that you're calling people to. Does that make sense? You have to know the thing. That don't go based on hearsay. Like study your topic. Okay, I learned it. Okay, I learned what shirk is. Let me go and advise the people. I learned what bid is. Let me go and advise the people. I learned what zina is. Let me go and advise the people. Does that make sense? Stay within your lane and don't go above and beyond. Does that make sense? And uh, that will be, you know, just my two cents on the issue. Allah Allah. So just to conclude, just, I think some people were watching earlier. You shattered their world view. Like they might be think, like feel like their whole life was a lie. There's definitely no ayah in the Quran. Because you see this all over Twitter in the comments. People section saying, you know, don't you know it's haram to judge in the Quran? Allah says that it's haram. Like there's no ayah in the Quran that says that it's haram for you to judge. No. Quran tells you there's judgment which is good and judgment which is bad. Judgment which is good is judgment according to the book of Allah. So it's not wrong to judge. And judgment which is bad is judgment which goes oh. against the book of Allah. So when we judge, we judge in accordance to the book of Allah. We have to judge. We have to judge in different aspects and areas of our life. Wow. And on that bombshell, see you on the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace.